Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome everybody. Today we have an amazing guest who is the Chief Amazon Officer of Vendo, Darren Soul. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's good. Thanks for having me on, Quinn. Appreciate it. Very good. Well, thank you for, for being on the podcast. Uh, so just to go right on to this, I know you sold your first item on Amazon when Amazon was barely even known to most people back in 2003. So that's 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, it was an interesting experience. I had, uh, it was a Sony tablet back when tablets weren't even a thing. I mean, this was one of the first ever touchscreen tablets. You could watch your TV on it. It was very interesting. Um, didn't really work well for me, so I listed it on Amazon uh, just uh, on a lark. You know, I was using eBay at the time as well, and I actually sold it. It was, and at that time, it was a really high price point item for that day and age. I mean, it was like an $800 tablet. The, the funny thing is, this was before FBA, so the seller was here in Los Angeles where we're based. I actually had to drop it off at her. Nice. Of, it wasn't a shipping or a pickup or FBA, so uh, it was a funny story that I had literally had to go deliver it to the seller myself. Uh, this was before Amazon had their own planes and carriers. Nice. So there, I guess there was no tracking of, have you shipped your item yet? Right. How fast? <laughs> I got to ask her for a review in person. So. <laughs> Man, those were the days. Yeah. So, did yeah. she give you a review, or at the time uh, it didn't I, matter? Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think we got a review. It didn't matter. I wasn't really doing a lot of professional selling. Uh, it was more of a personal. You know, I was trying to get rid of some things. Um, so it was interesting to have that experience, and it still sticks with me today. Especially fast forward to what's happening on Amazon in this day and age. Nice. So um, what is it that's happening? What are the trends that you see nowadays happening on Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. Seeing a lot uh, larger brands starting to recognize that Amazon needs to be leveraged as much of a marketing channel as a transactional channel. So you're seeing a lot of uh, news releases about uh, Amazon's ad revenue being number three now and slowly creeping up to Google and Facebook in terms of ad platform and spend. So a lot of the big brands are realizing, hey, they've got to start diverting a lot of their budgets towards Amazon uh, and spending heavily. 60% of all e-commerce in the U.S. being on Amazon, that's, that's a big number. That is, that's huge and growing every day. Yeah. So, so you, you currently, you still sell on Amazon, I guess? Yes, absolutely. Um, I run a team uh, of 20-plus expert uh, Amazon sellers here. Uh, we basically help brands. We partner with them exclusively to be their reseller on Amazon. So basically, uh, and I talked about this on another podcast, we're what Vendor Central should have been, essentially. We give them all the control, the map pricing, the content positioning, all the things that they need to have to run their business on Amazon and be successful. We do it as their outsourced Amazon team, but we actually buy the product from them and sell it um, at agreed upon margins and prices. Very good. That's a great concept. So you are, you are the non-official vendor central, I guess, for for companies. That's a great way to say it. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, you can actually get a hold of us and talk to us. That's the difference. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. 
So uh, how is it that your team helps uh, brands sell on Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. So we have different departments uh, and segmented by function, essentially, where we want to make sure you've got your full service customer service team. So you got to respond to all your reviews. Equally as important, responding to your questions and answers. And sometimes making sure there's questions and answers there that have not been asked uh, of uh, your product because that can actually rank uh, in Google's search algorithm as well. So a little tip or a little hack there for your listeners on how to improve some SEO on Amazon. Plan some questions and answers there. Uh, it's a good way to drive traffic back to your listing. Um, and then we have our media buying team. We've got expert Amazon media buyers that run your pay-per-click campaigns. We use some artificial intelligence platforms. We have Amazon uh, ad reps that we speak with and monitor our campaigns. Um, so we're efficiently optimizing all of your ad dollars. Then we have our account managers, which is kind of the quarterback driving all the marketing strategy. We've got a 100-page marketing roadmap that we employ against your business. Uh, and then we have our inventory management and forecasting team to make sure uh, that you're always in stock and never miss a sale. And lastly, and just as important in the marketplace, we've got our channel protection team to make sure that we're protecting your brand on Amazon, going after those unauthorized sellers, distributors, who are misrepresenting your brand, putting poor pictures up, destroying your listings. Uh, it's really a cutthroat world on Amazon. Oh, yeah. and, I'll, and, and I'll never forget one of your early podcasts about some of the dirty tactics and ways people cheat on Amazon. Um, so you've got to be aware of those two. Absolutely. So as a brand owner, when you're dealing with that brand owner, I guess you're going to recommend bring uh, brand registered and brand gated. Uh, will that person, will you do all of that for the business? A hundred percent. We, uh, we do everything from A to Z on Amazon for you. Uh, we're, I, I like to say we're on Amazon 25 seven because, hmm. uh, it's, it's a new world on Amazon. <laughs> so, um, yes, we, we run brand registry for our clients. Um, brand gating is very difficult. We've had a lot of conversations with companies and explored different avenues. We've submitted cases on behalf of our brands. Um, some successful, some unsuccessfully. Amazon doesn't really offer much brand gating, as I'm sure you're aware, um, but there are special, special circumstances for it. So we do run all of that. We do everything uh, that the client needs on behalf of uh, to execute against Amazon for. Awesome. And do you, it's all uh, fulfilled by Amazon or do you any, any FBM? Yeah, uh, most 99% uh, of what we do is FBA because we want everything to be prime eligible. We do uh, bring a little bit uh, of goods for hazmat purposes through our office just to cross-stock it, make sure that we have enough uh, because we do have a lot of hazmat storage space. We're one of the grandfathered-in seller accounts that have that. Um, but, but we are slowly offering up more fulfillment capabilities and services like creating unique bundles. We want to offer our clients the ability to test different uh, variations, things like that, which I think are very important too. Very good. And then... You do this through one main account, or do you have several niche down accounts? We, we do have a couple of accounts. We've also uh, launched our business in the EU, so we have a lot of our partner brands where we can take them and launch them on you know all of the EU country platforms immediately, uh, and then also Canada. So right now, those are the three markets we focus on uh, the most amongst, I believe we have three or four accounts that we manage through. Nice. Yeah, all I Amazon approved, by the way. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I tried. I tried Japan also with uh, with the product, and you know, it's actually not as easy as it 
looks and I got a official, a Japanese person to do the translations because you cannot do Google translations, of course. <laughs> insane. Uh, I heard that uh, Japan offers kind of a, a tax holiday when you're first launching there where they won't, um, where you don't have to register for import tax there or something to that yes. effect. Yeah, so I'm I'm no no expert on taxes, but it's um, it's the first two years you don't have to, unless you reach. Um, I don't want I don't want the number to be wrong, but I think it's something around like three hundred thousand. Um, when you reach that, I believe then you're you're in in pain. But right. yeah, so, something like that. But I know it's two years uh, tax tax free, pretty much. Yep, yep. It, it's a big market. I think we're going to look at Japan, but I think Australia is something we're going to look towards pretty soon, too, as they grow out their FBA capabilities. They're working through all the kinks still. Yeah. Um, obviously, a very new market launching last year. And another huge one that started, which I don't know how, how appealing it's going to be to us in North America, but Brazil uh, opened up in December. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I didn't look into it. Although I speak Portuguese, <laughs> I I I be uh, I played golf on the Algarve in Portugal once. So. Really? Yeah, beautiful, okay. beautiful place, beautiful place. And they just opened up uh, the market in Turkey as well. They opened up Amazon Turkey. Wow. So this is yeah, it's going. It really is universal. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. So earlier you talked about. Um, Securing your, uh, you know, protecting your customers' channels yep. and all that. Have you have you been seeing any counterfeits? Have you been affected by that? Uh, absolutely, a lot of our brands uh, we work with. Some are as seen on TV brands. Uh, they deal with counterfeiters all the time. The transparency program, which I'm sure some of your listeners are very familiar with, uh, we have some of our brands that have enrolled in transparency, and the programs actually work very well for them uh, to protect and keep their channel very clean by utilizing that uh, ever-evolving program that Amazon's rolled out to help protect brands on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all these brands that up until now, a lot of brands have been fearing Amazon. Do you think they should or instead uh, they should embrace Amazon? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's funny. We get that conversation a lot with new clients where, hey, I, I purposefully haven't gone to Amazon or I haven't launched my business on Amazon. And that's always baffling to me in this day and age, again, with the statistic I referenced earlier about what percent of e-commerce that actually represents. But I think brands need to understand that whether they like it or not, people are looking for you on Amazon. So if you're not there to meet them when they're looking for you and searching for you, they're going to go to your competitors. So I, I think people, uh, brands specifically, need to embrace Amazon for both the marketing and transactional channel, it really represents. It's it's a great opportunity uh, from a business perspective if you you know operate it the right way, and I think it can lead to a lot of other business channels uh, off Amazon um, that people may or may not be aware of at retail. Absolutely, I had I knew a lot of people that were saying the same thing, like selling this private label on Amazon. And when I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, are you on eBay? And they said, uh, no, I'm not. I don't want to deal with eBay. And I said, well, you know what? More than likely, you are there already. <laughs> and they, che good. they checked and they were, yeah. right? So somebody else was selling on eBay, which, I don't know. It's not a bad thing, right? Somebody is selling. If they buy it on Amazon, they drop ship it to, e to eBay. 
if they're doing customer service right, uh, do, would that bother you? Is yeah, it does actually. We have um, we have uh, one brand, beauty brand that we represent, and they actually did some test buys off of Walmart because they didn't want to be on Walmart.com, and there was some marketplace sellers that were listing their brand there. They did a test buy, and it turned out that that person was doing online arbitrage where they were actually uh, using Amazon's uh, products to list it on Walmart. And then when the customer placed the order and you received the product, it was actually drop shipped from the seller on Amazon to the Walmart customer. So um, there are some nefarious things where, where brands just don't want to be on certain channels because they feel it's not uh, on brand. You know, maybe they consider themselves a luxury brand and they don't want to be on a channel like Walmart. Again, I would argue you should be out in the marketplace. Um, kind of managing your brand anywhere you can. So uh, that's one experience where a brand was pretty upset that they were on a marketplace that they shouldn't have, despite who was selling it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess when you own the brand, you want to protect it as as good as possible. So yes. Well, and that's, that's what it comes down to is control and brand protection. Like you spent all these years developing a brand, a message, uh, a platform for that brand. You've developed kind of who your target consumer is. Not most brands are not saying, "Hey, I want to go after everybody." They're specifically saying, "I have a a target customer that I want using my product and representing my brand because they're going to be brand advocates for me, uh, and I want them to message and use my product in the right the right way." And that's something we take a lot of pride in at Vendo to make sure our brand messaging is on point on Amazon, consistent with their other channels. Nice. So you, you create uh, everything from scratch. Uh, normally, some of these businesses are not on Amazon yet, so you would have to list them and all that. Yeah, so we deal with both. Uh, most of the time, we're taking existing businesses on Amazon, and uh, you know they might be doing pretty, pretty nicely on Amazon, but we've uh, shown a lot of success in kind of tearing down their listings and rebuilding them in the best-in-class fashion that we've developed over the last several years. You know, we have our own... A uh, 20-point checklist of what the listing needs to have, where it needs to be, you know, having the right images, having your titles correct, all the basics, the blocking and tackling. Once that's ready, then you're ready to roll out kind of the marketing roadmap. Because I don't believe that you want to market obviously to a listing that's not ready to market to, because yeah. it's not going to convert well. You're going to be wasting money. So yes, we do uh, take on existing businesses. We rebuild them on Amazon and we show them significant growth. And then we also take on new businesses that have, uh, if they have a unique product or unique positioning, we'll take a look at them and, and we'll help them on Amazon as well. But we don't believe in skewing up everybody we see and we talk to. We, d we don't want to be that kind of business. Exactly. And Darren, you mentioned about um, <clears throat> a listing that doesn't convert, so you, 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 you're going to be spending money on that. And we've heard that the, the magic number for reviews is 21. After 21, it's just gravy. Right. And the question that probably everybody asks you and everybody asks me is, how do you get reviews today? <laughs> uh, go, go knock on Jeff Bezos' door and say, listen, I need reviews on my listing because that's the only way you're getting it today. No, um, there are several different strategies that a lot of sellers are putting out there in the forums and, and online, you know, using chatbots, um, using landing pages and different, uh, you know, Zon pages and, a landing cube and other software programs to collect emails and then kind of siphon off the communication so that they can generate positive reviews. 
Uh, I would highly encourage product inserts. Uh, it's something we're focused on with a lot of our brands. There are ways to stay within Amazon's terms of service, just in the way you phrase that. Um, yeah. To insert, to put the product insert there, obviously don't drive them off of Amazon. Don't ask for a positive review, but you can simply ask for feedback. Uh, you know, and, and these are all guidelines that you can find, obviously, on Amazon's websites. But I would say product inserts are a good way first. Uh, the second way is to do a lot of follow-up. When your order is delivered, have an email retargeting system in place like a Feedback 5 or Feedback Genius. Make sure you are communicating and engaging that customer and not in a uh, soliciting, obsessive, kind of annoying way, but more in an engaging, uh, value-added way. And what I mean by that is show them some value. Say, hey, you just got you know, your new widget. Here are 10 steps how to properly use your widget. Um, you know, and then follow up a month later. How do you like your widget? Those kinds of things. And hopefully in that communication and interaction, you will pretty much put in there, hey, we really enjoy your feedback. Uh, please uh, leave that on Amazon, those types of messages, things like that. Nice. I, yeah. I found one message and I use a feedback genius. Of course, this is no plug to them. It's just yeah. what I've been using since day one. And I found one message that, um, you know, you can trigger the message to be sent one day after they receive the product. Right. And I send the message exactly that. One day after they receive it, I say, uh, thanks for buying our product. Uh, you should receive it today or tomorrow. When I already know they received it, right? They right. already have it. Yeah. And leave that one there. And then always put in the question. Um, something that I, they should feel the need to answer to. And, and I end it there, right? No links or anything. Yep. Normally I get an answer that says, thank you so much. It actually arrived the day early. It arrived <laughs> yesterday. But right. it didn't. Right. And I have somebody happy already because now they think that they received it a day early when they didn't. And so they reply. And when they reply, they give you the opportunity to re-reply and open a communication, right? So yeah. it has a great engagement rate, uh, really good. No, that's really smart. That's a call to action, and that's a positive call to action, which is good. One other thing we found helpful is uh, having the, the buyer contact us in some fashion, maybe through a phone number, and, you know, just to take a small survey or – give us some feedback over the phone. We sometimes offer a free gift potentially in those scenarios, but we don't do it against terms of service where we're giving them a free gift or a re review. Mm -hmm. We're simply, you know, claim your free gift, give us a call, that type of thing. So that's one strategy you could employ to actually get the customer on the phone and engage with them further without even putting review in the messaging. Um, the other obvious avenues that uh, you know that are available to sellers are the early reviewer program and on Vendor Central, the Vine program, which, yeah. uh, you know, are easy ways to pay to get reviews. And even then, you're not guaranteed how good the reviews are and how quickly you get the reviews. So there are problems with those programs as well. Not to mention, they're actually against Amazon's terms of service, but yet Amazon holds them up. Absolutely, yeah. I always thought that. So, yeah. yeah. They're incentivized reviews, but it's Amazon doing it. So they're somewhat yeah. in control of it. Well, Amazon's new terms of service, well, updated terms of service as it relates to reviews that they just released a couple weeks ago, uh, they're just making it harder and harder. You know, all the review groups are going away eventually. 
uh, friends and family, leaving your competitors. Amazon's getting a lot smarter at point at finding out who's cheating on reviews, and they're they're really trying to wind it down to strictly organic reviews as best as possible, and that's making it difficult for a lot of sellers. So you you need to be really good at the optimization things that I know we do really well for our clients, and also on the media side, because if you can't get reviews, you need to make sure that you've got great listings and that you're marketing to those listings to generate organic reviews. Yeah, and that's a good point that reminds me uh, because during the podcast, I used to tell people that you can still access friends and family because you, your your brother, your sister, or your cousin, they are allowed, they're free to buy anything they want. Sure. But with the updated terms of service, I don't want to say that anymore. And I actually got to mention that on the podcast because sometimes somebody's listening to a podcast episode that's a year old. Right. And the information can change just like yeah. that case. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess the way to do it is don't risk your account. Do it safely and yep. yeah, let your quality talk for it, I guess. I'm, I'm always amazed at how Amazon picks it up because I actually had uh, my sister uh, write a review. This was, you know, last year or months ago. Um, and I thought from a different IP address, she bought the product, um, had a private label product, she bought it and uh, left a review. And right away, Amazon said, nope, sorry. Um, they took down the review and said, you're not allowed to leave a review. And it doesn't have the same last name as me anymore. There's no yeah. connection. Like, uh, So I was amazed at how they made that connection um, on that review. So they yeah. they have ways of checking. Yeah, guaranteed. They're like they're one of the biggest companies out there. Yes. So they have some NASA scientists, everybody working there, right? Well, Alexa is always listening at this point. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all listening. Yeah. Alexa, Cortana, Siri. They're exactly. Exactly. Incredible. <laughs> and this actually, this brings me to a great point that you mentioned earlier about uh, getting your listing indexed by Google. And that's something fantastic. I love that because I do it. And... I would say 90% of the sellers never think of Google and there's so many searches that are done for like Scott says that the garlic press yep. you start on Google's search bar yep. and, and then the, you see a listing from Amazon that shows up because it's easy for Amazon to rank up there. It's, it's uh, uh, I don't know the rank doesn't exist anymore, but it was a rank 10 website and there was not many out there. Uh, so it's very easy to rank out there. And uh, I'll, I'll let you get into it right away. But one of the strategies that I was using, and a lot of sellers would, would not even understand that, was I was doing what Google loved back in, in the day for SEO. I was doing link building for my listings. Yep. I yep. would do link building outside yep. of Amazon. So when you search for a Bluetooth speaker, guess who shows up? Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so do you use off Amazon marketing strategies? We do. Um, you, you make a great point that I think a lot of the uh, hoopla lightly has been over Facebook marketing and how to drive traffic to your pages and utilize Facebook targeting. Because Facebook, in all fairness, they do a great job. You can target the fork on the yoga lover's table 
in Wyoming, you know, on a cold day. I mean, they, they really narrowed down targeting. So, um, but people do forget the power of AdWords, the power of Google's indexing, and despite the fight between Google and Amazon, you know, the whole YouTube controversy, but Google still indexes all of Amazon stuff, all their pages. I believe that brand stores on Amazon are going to start to become more of the landing page directives on Google's indexing search, search algorithm. So yes, um, we are starting to look more at AdWords and Facebook marketing as two different strategies for driving traffic, both to brand stores, to listings, to a collection of pages, but also to those individual landing pages. Uh, and we're always testing the different strategies. But I think chatbots is probably the new, um, you know, big popular thing now for a lot of people, Manny chat yeah. uh, out there, a lot of podcasts being done about that and how to drive just because of the open rate uh, on a, on a message is like 90% versus 30% on an email. So uh, that's another strategy that we are starting to employ a lot more of for our brands. So kind of the combination of all of them using Google, using Facebook, using chatbots. Uh, and then we have some other creative ways that, that we keep uh, as part of our, Secret marketing roadmap, um, but but I do want to put the proviso that secret marketing roadmap is always within Amazon's team's terms of service uh, and just more creative ways we've uh, learned on how to drive things on Amazon. Awesome. So landing pages, sales funnels, all of that. Yep, and, absolutely. And then you create um, email lists. Yeah. Yep. We do we do email lists. We do marketing to email lists. Um, we, we take uh, some of the data, obviously, that you get on Amazon, too, and we try to leverage some of that information. That's, there's a gray area there, obviously, and how are you allowed to use some of that data? Um, but we have found different ways to leverage that data, both uh, off Amazon and also targeting them on Amazon as well. Nice. And for chatbots, uh, are you, you guys are obviously you're coding your own uh, through ManyChat? Yeah, yeah, we're doing, uh, we do all of our stuff in-house here. Um, we do work with a team of uh, contractors as well, uh, offshore, that uh, have done a great job keeping the, the 25th hour of our 25-7 going. So they've been very helpful in helping with uh, indexing, which is very big right now as well, that I think a lot of people are going back to, uh, the importance of indexing and monitoring how your keywords are tracking and indexing in the back end there. So um, got a lot of resources there too. And talking about indexing, uh, I don't know if you uh, if you know Manny Coates, the founder of Helium yeah. Ten. Okay, so yep, we um, use we use Helium Ten as one of our software programs as well. So very, very good. So he yeah. has the um, one tool that will tell you how many of each products that you have to give away in order. Yep. You know, following the, the new super URL, mm -hmm. you were, you do that as well. And you, you will have to convince your customer to do the giveaways or will you do them out of your own pocket? So we, uh, the beauty of our program is there are, we co-invest a lot with our brands on marketing. So that's another beauty of working with us is the marketing dollars you're spending yourself. Now um, we contribute towards that. One of those is a launch program like you're describing. Uh, he, his is the CPR method. That's, uh, that's what Manny calls it, uh, where he does his giveaway. Obviously, Viral Launch has a similar giveaway program that they do. Uh, Zonblast and, you know, there's Rebate Key and a bunch of others that um, 
do those those types of launches. So yes, we have done those launches and giveaways for our brands. And yes, there have been times where we've co-invested with our brands on those giveaways. And there's times where the brands paid for it. Um, and it's really the product cost is obviously the major factor in in those giveaways. We help pick up the transaction fees with our brands. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, another thing I thought of is super important to me, and I'm guessing to you and everybody. And whoever's not doing this probably should start, and that's influencer marketing. Yes. Today, or sorry, it, it was last night, but it was a few hours ago. I bought uh, my influencer's account. It, it was a fantastic. Wow. Uh, it was uh, it was an Instagram account, uh, just shy of fifty thousand uh, followers. So it was nothing insane, but. Instead of buying shout outs, I offered to buy the account and I bought this account for 250 bucks. Wow. I was willing to pay that for the shout outs. <laughs> right, right. And uh, they sold me the account and I asked for, since I'm going to buy the account, can I have the original email it was created with just so, sure. so I can make sure I secure this account as mine? Uh, I got everything for 250 bucks. So I now own that account it's a micro influencer but it is super niched with about 80 percent real users which i don't know if you're aware but 80 percent is really good right yeah instagram themselves they only have 70 percent real users uh, yeah well yeah that's that's true well a couple of things did they give you an email list with that uh did that influencer have an email list that he or she shared with you as well or just kind of the user no, just just the account, the users, and the email itself, the email account. Yeah, we're starting to dabble a little bit in influencer marketing as well for our brands for Amazon. There's some interesting uh, strategies and ideas out there on how to do that properly. Uh, heard a uh, speech a week ago from a gentleman, I think Ryan Ringby. Uh, he gave some really good tips on how to uh, leverage and go find some of these micro-influencers. You want to make sure that a lot of those influencers don't do posts all the time linking to products because then their audience gets very desensitized yeah. to opting in and engaging with those offers. So that's great that you've got that audience now, those Instagrams, but I would caution you to, to post obviously uh, every other day with, hey, check out this link and check out that link. A lot of Instagrammers are looking for more you know, content uh, versus shopping opportunities only. So you, I, I would just... Our, our approach to Instagram and to YouTube actually is a channel that we're looking at a lot now and driving more traffic to Amazon from um, because you can do obviously unboxing and different videos and demonstration of products, but we're making sure to do it in a, a very minimal fashion and targeted niche just like yourself so that um, customers really do want to go and see what you're talking about as opposed to just shoving an offer in their face and getting no traction with it. Exactly. No, I know a lot of people go to like shout out cart and um, is it fame bit and yep. places where these micro influencers list their accounts in order to be able to to do these shout outs, right? That they want the the twenty dollars here, the thirty over there. That's what they're there for. So when you look at those accounts, with obviously with the fake engagement, with all the bots and, and likes. Those are going to have a higher engagement rate, but every post is a link to somebody's product. Right. So 
what I do is actually I do on Instagram. I search certain hashtags. I find the accounts myself and I DM them. That's it. I don't go yeah. to the public place where a thousand people just messes them. Right. Well, so I think you're doing it the right way, which is a, it's a lost art of uh, the manual process. A lot of people move to auto, like, okay, let me see if I can spam a thousand different influencers and email, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred different people. And if I get one response, great. I think uh, taking the time to really personally reach out to the right influencer or DM the right influencer uh, or do the right research is something that you just can't do in a automated fashion in today's world with so much competition and so much content out there. Um, you know, using VAs is a good way to really do that in a, in a little more controlled personal fashion, yeah. you know, pay them relatively uh, smaller scale and have them reach out and find the right opportunities for you too. If you train them correctly. Awesome. So besides Amazon, do you sell on any other platforms? Yeah, we do a little bit of eBay management for our uh, clients. You know, that's become a little bit uh, of a request. Uh, our actual parent company from Bendo, we help brands at Walmart. So we do have a team on the ground in Arkansas, strictly for Walmart Sam's Club, that uh, focus there entirely. And we do, our Vendo team works closely with our Walmart.com team um, to have an omni-channel management approach as well to helping brands there too. But Vendo itself, we're specifically focused on Amazon uh, and a little bit of eBay, but mostly Amazon. Mm -hmm. And are you strictly dealing with, uh, I know you told me you have about 50 uh, businesses you deal with. Yep. Do you have any of your own private labels, any of your own products as well? Yeah, so we're just starting to launch some of our own private label products as well um, in different categories. We're going after niche categories, and uh, we also want to be true to our brands. We, don't necessarily, we, we do not want to compete with them. So any products we source and any private label products we develop are going to be outside of categories or companies that we're working with or representing. Um, because that to us would be kind of contradictory to what our philosophy is, which is growing great brands products on Amazon. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. So what's, um, what's something that I didn't ask you that, uh, that I should have? <laughs> um, well, that's, uh, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think you asked uh, a lot of good questions as it relates to Amazon there. I think, one thing we didn't talk about um, that you could ask is, so uh, retail is something that uh, our affiliated companies has a lot of experience with. I think people obviously, uh, you know, we're talking mostly online and we're in the online community, but a lot of people forget that the power of retail is still very much alive despite the recent Sears bankruptcy yeah. uh, as of this recording. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, for me, it's just uh, over the last six plus years being a part of a, an organization where I'm seeing the power of a Walmart or a 7-Eleven or other um, retail channels still very much alive. And I think a lot of sellers forget that that needs to be a part of their strategy or at least a part of their thought process when approaching Amazon. And, and what I mean by that is one thing we help protect when we say protect brands and sell more Protecting your pricing is very important on Amazon, <clears throat> excuse me, because when you're dealing with the buyers at these retailers, they're going to go on Amazon, they're going to look at your listing, and if they say, hey, wait a sec, why are you $8.99 here and you know, you're $7.99 on Amazon? So very important to keep the retail strategy in mind if that's a long-term goal or focus of yours, 
when positioning yourself on Amazon, uh, you don't want to position yourself as a race to the bottom because that'll affect your opportunities uh, off of Amazon and on other channels as well. Yeah. And uh, talking about the, the giant or the ex-giant Sears, that was uh, not only one of the biggest North American retail stores at one point, it was one of the biggest in the world. Yep. How can that happen? How can they, you know, that they just, I don't know, it's mind-blowing. How can they not keep up with the times? Well, I, I think uh, a big um, uh, problem for Sears was their assortment and also their marketing. You know, when you, I don't know when the last time you were in a Sears was, and if you can remember that, that's a problem right there. You know, the fact that you probably can't remember it. Um, a lot of people, when they go into Sears, it's just, it was a mess. The assortment wasn't there. Um, pricing was all over the place. They didn't have consistent marketing or messaging. Uh, they kind of started losing out to the targets of the world, started eating their lunch. And Sears became more towards like an automotive and industrial uh, type supplier for a lot of, uh, you know, and also uh, appliances were very big for Sears, but they just couldn't keep up with other, other categories and eventually online retail and price uh, price matching beat out the infrastructure and the overhead that they had scaled to at this point that they couldn't scale back from in, in a timely fashion. That's, that's crazy. Another blockbuster story. There, unfortunately, it's not going to be the last one, I'm afraid. So... Uh, I, I think the next the next five five to seven years of retail and mergers and acquisitions are going to be very interesting uh, when we look to the future of what retail is going to look like. And it's interesting to see how online retailers are now going offline. You know, when you look at Wayfair op, uh, opening up pop-up stores, Amazon opening up uh, opening up their you know their four star their four star store or their cashierless stores. Uh, things like that, um, you're going to see a lot more of the merging online, offline world start to evolve and develop, and some of those larger retailers are going to go by the wayside, unfortunately. And even even with the uh, – th there's the Amazon Fresh offers, I believe it's four-hour delivery. So that also uh, – of course, where I am, we don't get that, and I'm in, in Canada. I don't know if it's all Canada, but uh, at least where I am, there's, there's no such thing would be really great well i i know that you know walmart's expanding their grocery pickup as well um amazon's prime now is super efficient i don't know if you've tested or used that but i've had great success using prime now as well for just little things that you need and some grocery items too no i have not tried prime now yeah but, uh, i know walmart is trying to to keep up with times i've uh, yeah i've actually I've been contacted by Walmart through, <laughs> through LinkedIn and in June, June 2018, they asked me if I wanted to, um, they offered me a position of director of e-commerce for Walmart <laughs> Canada. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know I did. I did go there. I met with them twice and uh, I ended up not going. But it was, it was no, it was, it felt great being offered it and to know that they are working on something really big to try to just try to stay alive, I guess. Right. And, and struggle. Well, yeah. I mean, in all fairness, well, I've seen Walmart do some great things over the last 12 months from an e-commerce standpoint, clearly their earnings, everybody's seeing what they're doing, but just the revamping of their website, 
you know, they're hiring a couple thousand new buyers in Hoboken uh, because of the merger with Jet. So they really are leaning in and putting a lot of infrastructure to their dot-com because they recognize uh, that they should have leveraged their 5,000 stores sooner as DCs, but they, they were slow to the punch. So they are doing a good job of trying to catch up now, but, you know, everyone's so far behind Amazon in terms of uh, just resources and capabilities that uh, I think Walmart's going to be the only one that would be able to do that um, close, close to Amazon. So it'll be interesting to see how Walmart evolves, what they do uh, from a dot-com perspective moving forward and how they try to catch up to Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It's going to be very interesting to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Darren, if you were to start today, where would you start? If I were to start a business today or if I were to start a launch today, what? what no, if it? you were to start a business today, your e-commerce career, I guess. Yeah, I definitely start with Amazon. I mean, so, um, you've got built-in traffic, built-in platform. Uh, it's easy to launch on from a seller perspective, and there's tons of people like us uh, out there that can help sellers and people get going very quickly uh, in a controlled fashion. So I often get the question that, uh, is Amazon oversaturated? <laughs> so I don't even podcast about it anymore, but I, I reply to them you know, uh, through the email or the, the blog comment. But I don't podcast about it anymore because it's – what do you think? Uh, I, I think, look, they're, what, they're over 400 million listings now, um, you know, uh, and yet Amazon's income grows every year over year, more sellers added to the platform. I don't think we reached even close to a saturation point on Amazon because there's new brands and products and features and things being rolled out all the time. Uh, I think there's a lot of sustainability to launch and grow your business on Amazon. That being said, I do think, as with anything in life, it's smart to diversify. So having a Shopify store or platform is important for several reasons. Being on Walmart.com is important for those same reasons. And an eBay and even Etsy or Wish or Top Hatter, all those emerging little markets that are out there, uh, I think you need to look at all of them. So. If where would I start today, I would start as Amazon and probably Shopify store as kind of two central points that need to work together. Uh, and then I would look at all those other marketplaces out there uh, from an online perspective. And then from there, grow out and eventually uh, approach a retail uh, channel um, uh, marketing strategy. Awesome. I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I would start back at Amazon. I started on eBay, but this was 1997. Yep. I, I wasn't even too sure what I was doing. I just had an idea and I, I did it. I, I sold a refurbished podcast, a uh, podcast. I sold refurbished uh, iPod on, uh, on eBay for like a year or so back in, God, this was 2001, 2002. Yeah. Uh, along with several other, uh, you know, resale items. I'd buy like closeouts, things like that. So I, I did have a lot of experience selling on eBay uh, prior to Amazon and anything. So, and eBay still works. I mean, eBay is still a big marketplace for a lot of sellers. Yeah, it, it used to be. It used to be because just because I was there, like I said, since 1997, it became really big for me. And it was, it was painful when I let it go in December 2017, uh, fourth quarter. And there was there was nothing that I could do for it to even if there's a sale sales still coming in and here and there, but I can't comp compete price wise. Right. 
with the 60 day delivery guys directly from China, right? Yeah. Yep. So the difference was if you bought my product on eBay, you would get it within a week. And the same one that you buy $10 cheaper. If you want to wait 60 days for it, I can't compete. There's no. Right. right. So I closed 700 listings. In wow. November. And yeah. it, it hurt me just because for being there so long, it was. Sure almost like a an attachment but yeah it was not financially there was no reason to stay there so no i mean it's still a channel to to look at to some degree but it looks to me like from their marketing uh, that i'm seeing on tv and other places they're leaning more into fashion and trying to create kind of a, a new trendy up facelift to ebay they are doing sponsored ads and things like that now too uh their fba program failed so they, they don't have that anymore. Uh, they tried that a while back. So they're still a top six, top seven marketplace. I think uh, it, it's still a channel that people will continue always to sell on. But um, for me, Amazon is, is always going to, for now, is top, top of the heap there. Yeah, and uh, both their, uh, the advertising that they do and Amazon does as well, they do retargeting, as you're probably aware of. Yep. Um, have you ever been retargeted with your own product? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's always funny when uh, I got emails of you know a, a product that I was looking at or working on for a client, and they'll they'll target. I'll send. I get an email asking me you know to check out this product and to buy it. So uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, that's I geek out on that type of stuff because I'm really proud of the brands we work with and the work that our team does. So to see it come back at me all the time, or to look at it, or to to be proud of it, I think is important. Yeah, it is. I uh, it felt great the other day when I'm because I'm I'm a bit old school. I don't know. People have made fun of me. I still have an hotmail account. <laughs> like my personal one is a hotmail account, and since it's it's, I just keep it right. I keep it. I have yeah. others, uh, but I was going through my hotmail account, and on the right side the advertising on the right side was my product <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm like, that looks like, and I, I checked it, it is mine. And like, so I was being retargeted by Amazon with my own product. So yeah, no, that that's really cool. And, and I still have my Yahoo email address from 20 years. So nothing mm -hmm. to be ashamed of on the hotmail side. We all have our, our long-term tech tech things. Awesome. Darren, uh, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming here. And um, if people want to find you and find Vendo, uh, where would they go? Sure. Uh, they can either email me, uh, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at VendoCommerce.com, all one word. Or they can go to our website, uh, VendoCommerce.com, V-E-N-D-O, Commerce.com. Um, and we'd love to talk to brands out there who want help protecting and selling more on Amazon. Awesome. Darren, thank you so much for being here and the great nuggets that you left us today. Thank you. Thanks, man. No problem, buddy. Thank you.